Good morning, Apex. My name is Jason Zastro. I serve here on staff as our growing team lead. Uh, Mike is out uh, in Breckridge right now, super jealous. I know I'm not supposed to be jealous or you know, covetous of anything, but he's skiing in uh, one of my most favorite spots in the world, so that's fun for him and not us. Um, we're going to be diving uh, back into Acts chapter 4 this morning, and, and we'll do a little bit of recap uh, from last week. But first, I want to make you guys aware of an opportunity uh, that we uh, have for you, um, and it's actually a couple that, that are tied together. Uh, when COVID first hit, um, we began thinking through the ways that this was going to impact the church, uh, not just for the short term, but, but also the long-term effects uh, of that. And uh, one of the biggest things that we all know and, and we've all felt is the disconnection uh, that can happen. Uh, that we began to experience at the very beginning uh, with quarantine uh, that we're still experiencing today uh, as things still aren't back yet to normal. And uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Jim Schindler, um, had this idea of, you know, we're, we're doing house churches. Is there a way to, to make house church digital? Uh, we quickly resorted to Zoom, and we got all the house churches Zoom accounts, and uh, some of us have uh, Zoomed ourselves out completely. Others of us, it's still kind of like a, a, a normal part of our everyday. Um, but there is still kind of like this recognition that, that even, even bigger than that uh, is, is a, a need for a connection, not just amongst us here at Apex, but also uh, beyond Apex within the missional movement. Uh, what we would describe ourselves as, as part of of, 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 of a wave of, of, of the church that is rediscovering and, and, and recommitting to be lives on mission, as, as that said right there behind us, to be witnesses, uh, that we all bear that responsibility. It's not just for some of us, for people who get paid, but all of us have that identity of being missionaries. So we created this community uh, here at Apex, that's from Apex, that's for Apex, that's for the church, called Rasande. Rasande means traveler. It's a Scandinavian word. I think I've shared this with you before, but we actually had this entire other name for it, and we published it online, and we got a cease and desist letter uh, because apparently someone else already came up with that name. And so we just, we just you know, we're trying to figure out this name, and Sally came back and said, why don't you guys go with, we, we had this idea of being a traveler, and, and Sally said, let's, let's just look up what that word is in, like, Swedish or something, and that's what we did. So this is, like, our IKEA version of discipleship. Um, and... That, that mindset of being traveler is extremely important uh, because uh, even as we sang in one of our songs that we're strangers here on this earth, that this is not our home. As Paul tells us in the book of Philippians that our citizenship is in heaven uh, and, and that our, our king is, is Jesus. And so we are all travelers, whether you're actually traveling or you are just going to the grocery store. We're all travelers in God's kingdom. And so we created this community called Rasande. Uh, you heard me introduce it last week at our family meeting. Um, but you can go to community.rasande.org and sign up for that. Uh, it's online. We've been having some great conversations. There's already about 85, 90 people who are part of that community. Uh, people are getting connected to house church through that. People are sharing stories of what we call stories of awesome 
but we have an upcoming training that begins April 12th uh, that we would love for you guys to be part of, being an everyday hero. Being an everyday hero is the idea that we're all called to live out the, the, the true story of Jesus as a hero in our own lives. That because as followers of Jesus, he lives in us through the Spirit, we are also heroes on a journey. So we wake up every morning with this reminder of our call to live out uh, the good news, with the challenges that we face, uh, and then the completion at the end of the day uh, when we put our head back down to rest. It also, uh, we are going to look at the Discovery Bible Method. I know one of the huge things that we've always asked here is, what is a simple way for people to evangelize, to share the good news? And so we'll keep diving into that within this space. And then finally, we'll discover how do we define peoples of peace? How do we take this good news that we're figuring out how to live out and share it with those that God is placing in our lives that are the you know, lowest hanging fruit, the people that he's made available for us? So you can go to apexcommunity.org uh, and click on the little Rasande button to find out more about this upcoming training experience, a, a learning experience as we call it. Uh, it's going to be $10 for Apexers. It's, it's all online. We'll have a special link uh, that we'll make available to you uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, but we want you to go ahead and, and kind of consider prayerfully joining this. The great thing is it's all taking place online within our online community. So there will be some times together where we are together, but then there's other things that you're able to do on your own time, uh, a word that we've been using around here asynchronously. Uh, and so wanted to make you guys aware of that. Rasande, the upcoming uh, learning experience about being an everyday hero, uh, and truly use this opportunity to invest into yourselves. This is for everyone, regardless of your role uh, or uh, what you think uh, your relationship with others and, and the world might look like uh, as you're discovering what it means to be a missionary for Jesus. So, that said, let's look into Acts chapter 4 today, uh, in verse, starting in verse 23, uh, and, and we're going we're gonna to see how it is uh, that we are empowered to live boldly on mission for Jesus. This is, what, uh, this is what the Word of God says in Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people, and they reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you make the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit to your mouth, through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to rise against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did not know your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their own possessions was their own. But they shared everything that they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. To ta- uh, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy person among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the feet of the apostles, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field that he owned, and he brought the money, and he put it at the apostles' feet. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the gift of your son and the gift of the Spirit. Spirit, come, fill us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So last week, Mike, as he talked uh, about what it means for the disciples to engage with the Holy Spirit. If you remember, it was the, the, the company of Jesus and, and, and then the, the clarity that he brought and the courage that he brought. Uh, but even more importantly, uh, if you remember, Mike had this really great illustration. And I was actually going to do this uh, uh, again this morning, but I got halfway here and realized I forgot my egg. But if you remember, Mike had a bowl uh, up, at, uh, up here, and he actually tossed some eggs out into the crowd. But he was saying, when, when it comes to make a cake, the most critical ingredient is not icing, as I thought he was going to say, uh, but eggs. That you crack open the egg and, and you whip it together, and, and, and I realized that, I never really thought of that before, uh, that eggs is the binding agent. It's what takes the flour and, and the oil and the sugar and, and the chocolate, and it holds it all together. And, and then when it, when it cooks, uh, you don't have some sort of flat type of, 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 of cookie or something. And that's the way it is with us. The Spirit is our critical ingredient as his community. I thought Mike did a brilliant job in, in which he said, and I cannot tell you how many times I've had counseling or, or discipling conversations that go along like this. It's, man, I'm doing this thing that I don't want to do, and so I've started doing all these other things to kind of replace that, and maybe my behavior will change. And so we engage in behavior modification as opposed to what we see Christ do, which even though he is sinless, his focus is always on the Spirit. He's always turning to the Father and saying, give me more. Give me more of you. And so when we look at this passage this morning, we're going to see four kind of different things here within the text that gives us insight from the early church about how after Pentecost they engaged with God and how their growth in God led to this boldness that we all are envious of, led to this giving and receiving of of their own possessions to one another that almost sounds a little too creepy for us. What they did was they continually sought the Spirit in all that they did and for His filling. 
the first thing that they do is they rest. When Peter and John are in jail, you could imagine that their heads are being filled with all the things that Jesus told them, that they're going to come after you like they are coming after me. But know that when they do, they're not persecuting you. They're, they're persecuting me, which is very freeing if you think about it. You can imagine that they uh, are reminded of the things that they did that were not like Christ. That at Jesus' persecution, at his crucifixion, they ran. They denied but now that the Spirit is dwelling them after Pentecost, their perspective has changed. Their, their motivation, their, their, their unction is completely different. After they're released and told, and do not go around and share this anymore, they go back to their own people. So instead of running like Peter did, they run to God's people, because they know it's amongst God's people that he dwells. And so they rest. It says they, they gather with their own people. This isn't just the whole church. These are like their close friends. This is their, their support community. This is their tight-knit bunch. Often, when we face hardship... We dig our boots in the ground. We try to change things out of our own effort. And that we don't even need persecution or hardship to do that. We just do that every day. We work out of our own effort instead of beginning with rest. This is how God created the heavens and the earth, as we'll see in a second. But at the very beginning, what you see is you see the Spirit of God just resting over the chaos of the deep. Before he begins anything, God is resting. And then he creates in these six days, as we heard about from Aaron this morning. And at the end of those six days, on the seventh day, again he returns to rest. So it's rest, work, rest is the pattern. This is the same thing that we see him instill as he is ordering the days. It's not morning and then evening. A day is defined by evening and then morning. The day itself begins with rest. You begin your day with rest. You go to sleep. You wake up and you work. And you come home, and the new day begins as you eat with your family and your loved ones, and you rest. That was the Jewish mindset. You begin your experience here on earth with rest. So often we experience the, the tensions and the stresses of life because we're not operating from a place of rest. And it's not something that you go out and and necessarily do to rest. It's, it's more about creating a space in which 
the Spirit of God can come and dwell within you, can fill you. For them, it looked like in this moment, going back and spending some time with their friends. For Jesus, sometimes it looks like retreating to lonely places. So it might be going on a walk or a run for you. Maybe it's reading a book or calling up a friend for coffee. But just consider, are you creating a space for rest in your regular life and rhythms? That's the first thing that we see the disciples do as we rediscover how they are living out this mission in the face of hardship. The very first thing they do is they rest. And then from rest, they move into reflection. You see here, they, they, when they heard this, they together raised their voices to God in prayer. And then they recount the story of God. They go back to creation. They, one, they call him sovereign Lord. So they remember and they, they reflect, okay, we may have experienced this persecution from the lords of our land, but you, God, are sovereign over everything. You created the heavens and the earth that we're dwelling in now. You're the one who spoke to our father, King David. And we trust that you are now still speaking to us today. How crazy is that? This is their mindset. Their mindset is the God of the universe who is sovereign over everything, who formed everything, who, who, who rose up David, who is like our most favorite king and what the, 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 the Messiah is typified after and, and, and would eventually come and, and fulfill and, and be even greater than David. That same spirit is also now dwelling within us. That we're, we are caught up in something so much bigger than any of us could ever dream of. So you rest to create that space in which you can then reflect about the bigger story, the bigger purpose, the bigger vision for your own life. That the God of the universe, through faith in Jesus, comes and dwells in us. And that we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit just as much as Jesus did. In fact, this psalm that's quoted here in Psalm chapter 2 is the reference that, the same reference that, that, that the Father uses in making his proclamation about the Son at his baptism. You are my Son. After all of the wait, raging of, of, of the nations, there is this hope for a greater and better King that is hoped for in David, by David, but ultimately finds its expression in Jesus. So then when the, when the clouds opened up and the Spirit of God dwelt, uh, descended upon Jesus at his baptism in the form of a dove, and God said to his son, you are my son in who I find great favor. And then Jesus himself tells us that we are to call 
the Father, our own Father. And the same love that the Father has loved the Son with, the Son has loved us with. And the same Spirit that the Father gave the Son, the Son now gives us. So we rest. We reflect. We, we, we slow down and we reflect on who God is and his character. We reflect on his story and we reflect upon what he has done in us and, and through us and how he's dwelling amongst us. From rest, we move into reflection. and reflection, we move into receiving. So this is what it says in uh, verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. At this point, there's a theophany. There is a way, a theo-god-phony, phonos, is is to to make itself known, to declare, uh, to shout out. So here God is making himself known in this place by doing something that he has done in the past, whether it was Moses on Mount Sinai and there was an earthquake or, or Isaiah as he's going up in that, that beautiful vision standing before the throne of God at his calling. That same shaking is, is happening now with his people. Whoa. The same God who, who was and is and will be is meeting them in this moment. That same God is meeting us in this space right now. And so we receive you, Spirit. Fill this place. Fill us. And we pray for boldness the same way that they prayed for boldness. It's crazy. I don't know about me, but I'm a rule follower. And so uh, if someone tells me something to do, I typically do it. Um, So if someone were to tell me, okay, don't go around telling Jesus stories anymore, Proclaiming his resurrection, I'd be like, okay. Completely of my own flesh. So the fact that they were told not to do these things, but come back and actually pray for the boldness to continue on, this thing that they were just completely forbidden of, that's the Spirit at work. If you don't have boldness, do what the apostles did. Pray for it. Jesus says that we don't have because what? We don't ask. Just pray for it. Receive the Spirit. He wants to continue to fill you. And then finally, from rest to reflection to receiving, there's a response. They do something with it. Now, I think what they do here is the most insanely cool thing ever. Because I know for me, as an American, whose often life is defined by consumerism and materialism, whether I want it or not, they give up all things, and there was no need amongst any of them. They sell their possessions from time to time. And this is something that is done in freedom, 
because of the freedom of the Spirit. There's, there's no fear here. There's no guilting. There's no shaming into this. It's because they now realize that the God of the universe who made all things is dwelling in them. They can freely take what they have received and give it to others. This is what healthy community is defined by. Healthy community is defined by this one anotherness. Over 60 times throughout the New Testament, some way, shape, or form of one another is, is, is shared. One of my favorites, I'll just read this real quick from Philippians chapter 4. I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 2. This is what Paul commends. Therefore, if any of you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. Have the same love. Be one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. This is what our communities are defined by. This is what our hearts are defined by. Now, you might be sitting here and you're thinking, not me. Yeah, you're missing out. Where do we start with? Do we start with just trying to get up some, you know, my own kind of Christian mojo and go after this thing? Out of my own effort? No. Where did the disciples start? Rest. Here's what I found. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. So let's start there, too. If I can get someone from the band to, to come on up, um, what I'd like us to do is actually just engage in a time of prayer together. Whether you are uh, by, your, oh, by yourself or, or with someone else, um, uh, if you feel comfortable with it, gather with some others that are, are around you, if, uh, obviously keeping social distance in mind. But I want us to just lead us through a time through kind of these four phases from rest to reflection to receiving and to response. So if you can, gather with some other people, but I'll, I'll just give us some prompts, and uh, whether out loud or silently, let's pray through these four things. Let's pray. Spirit, we come to you this morning recognizing that so often we start with our own work and our own effort and our own flesh. And just together now we pray that you would help us rest.
Jesus, you are the king of the universe. Paul tells us in his letter to the Colossians that all things have been made by you and through you and for you. That we are new creations in you. So God, just we now just reflect on, on your character, Father, Son, and Spirit. On your story and our participation in it. And we're just saying thank you. Spirit, we ask for your filling. We ask for your power, for your boldness, for your grace. Fill us, Spirit. Finally, God, spark ideas of how we can respond. Give us pictures and, 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 and inspiration of who to love and, and how to love in a selfless way, that way that Jesus loved us. Find us together. Spirit in us. Go and live like that this week.